Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. So I'm starting today in Mark. Imagine that on Palm Sunday, people bring up the scripture about Palm Sunday. I know it's not, it's not going to be hard to, you know, imagine that would take place, but we're going to start there and we're going to, we're going to have some fun today and we're going to bring up some things that God's put on my heart. He said, be steady. So I'm going to try and hold myself steady today. It may not happen, (laughs) but I'll do my best to, you know, not be distracting with running all over the place. Um, Mark chapter 11 and verse 7. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat on him. Many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed after cried. Now, we talked a little bit about this even in that word this morning, that this is not the boo-hoo kind. This is like, you know. It, it's it's a different yeah it's like woohoo yeah like we were doing kind of shouting at Jose can you imagine people crying <laughs> I mean yeah it wouldn't be right so that's not you know it's King James but it doesn't mean like boohoo <laughs> Hosanna blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord Amen. blessed be the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord blessed and and we've got to be more excited than when the Canucks win a game which isn't often. And so, you know, and so, and, and so we should be happy because Jesus wins all the time and we're on that team, you know, try to, for all the places I've been, we are so quiet here. We're not particularly quiet here because we're learning, uh, but uh, <laughs> thank you. Now we got two, one's laughing, one's amening. Perhaps by the end of the day, we might have five. Amen. Good morning. I was given an instruction by a general this morning who sent me a text saying, preach wild. I'm like, oh, dear. <laughs> Perhaps he should not say that. Amen. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. I receive your prayers. Amen. That would be something odd. Amen. So anyway, we got, we're happy. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy all the time. If you haven't noticed, I'm full of joy. I, I, I heard Dr. DePlantis say this once on a tape long ago. He said, you know, I tried depression once it didn't, and, and for a couple of minutes I didn't like it. And, <laughs> and I kind of feel the same. I felt sort of sad a couple of times in my life and realized that if I was feeling it was my choice. Yeah. And I, went, I don't like it. I'm not going to stay in it. Now, there's other kinds of depression that are chemical, and I understand that. But we're talking about the people who decide to be sad by meditating on what's sad, depressing, and otherwise. Turn off the news, and you'll start doing better. (laughs) The good news is the good news. This is the good news. The other stuff, not so much. (laughs) Amen. And and if you're meditating on what is sad, negative, hopeless, guess what's going to happen? As you think in your heart, you will be. And if you're sad all the time, and you don't have a chemical imbalance, Perhaps you should decide that there's some other things you can think about. Do you know what I noticed? I noticed this. If I go to bed and I'm thinking about all the things, I never could sort it out. That thinking never changed anything. Didn't work. 
I could think and think and think and think. It didn't change it. And, and I could think all the different angles still didn't change it. Action changed things. Thinking didn't. Where were we going? Somewhere. Verse 11. And Jesus entered Jerusalem. And I think it's so important to say this, that he entered. Because it's important in all of our understanding as believers that he came, he, he fulfilled everything he said he'd do, he did. That he entered. He went exactly where he was supposed to go, when he was supposed to go. At the right time, he did the right thing. Very important. So he entered. He went where he was supposed to go. Did he know something bad was going to go down? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it says, and when he looked around upon all things, and it was even time, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So we, we know the story. We know what happens. We know this is a setup. And as Pastor Ann was saying this morning out of Luke 19, he said that he asked for, for a donkey and, and a colt that had never been rid on before. Never. Oh, my word. This is the warning that come from Hodges, who trains donkeys. He gives a warning. He says, you need to lead training for a full year before attempting to drive or ride them. A donkey needs the time to build to the correct muscle strength. But the two of you, so you have to break them. But donkeys are different. You have to build a relationship with them because they're very much more aware of who's riding them than a horse. It is interesting. And they will bite you if you're having a bad day. You have to develop a relationship with the, with the, with the critter. And he gets on a donkey that's never been ridden before. A baby. How could it have muscle strength to ride, drive, or do any of the above? We miss miracles, was my point. There are things that happen daily right in front of us we don't recognize are God. All the time. All the time. That was a miracle he could ride that thing. And never bit him. But it was Jesus. He could have other people threw rocks at him. And they knew who he was. And the donkey didn't bite him. He didn't fuss. We, there's no record, like you say, there's no record of the donkey throwing a little fit or bucking him off or even rejecting or doing what happened to Balaam. Yeah. You know, that's the guy shoved him against the wall and started talking to him because he beat him. You know, it wasn't a good story. That's in numbers. You can go find it later. This donkey just, it was just cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And the donkey was cool. This is a miracle. I say this because it's time for us to wake up and see what's in front of us. We have expectations about how things should look. And that's part of the problem here. People had an expectation. People had an expectation. Jesus is going to show up. That's it. The government's going down. We're going to win. He's going to knock out all those bad guys. He's going to take out those religious devils. He's going to have words with them. We're going to be the winning team, and we're going to be boss. Hmm? Think I'm wrong? I don't think so. Not in this world. <laughs> and not about this. There was an expectation people had. And there was an expectation that God was going to do a certain thing a certain way according to what they think. 
I don't think in their mind, having read the scriptures many times and what the response of the disciples, I don't think they really thought he was going to die. I think that, that he was going to get all the way to the cross and they thought he was going to do some weird thing. An angel was going to show up, boom, you know. You know, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> beware of drinking while we're talking. And <laughs> uh, so we, we get these ideas. And I feel it's very important to lay some groundwork because of the very important thing that's happening. You see, we all know Jesus went to the cross. We believe that. Yeah. It was promised and it came to pass. We can count on it. As we heard today, he doesn't change. He doesn't change his mind. When we say Jesus is coming back, he's coming back. But what are our expectations? Do you think he's going to knock out all the government? Do you think he's going to pull down all those religious people and we're going to be boss? Hmm. I've come here to stir your brains today and to help you think different. What can you expect about our soon and coming king? What can we expect would happen? First of all, we can expect he's coming. Now, I believe that we're going to be caught up. Ain't going to have a trumpet sound. Then there's going to be something to come afterwards, like out of the book of Revelation, that we could get into one day, but not this day. And it's going to be marvelous. We have some work to do as believers to make sure people know time is short. And we want to be people who can see what God has put in front of us, just like the donkey. We didn't see and we didn't know it was a miracle. But what miracles in front of your face that you're missing? What voice could you be missing? because we're caught up in the strains of this day and this hour. I don't want to be able to go, wow, gee, I'm, I'm so blind and, and so deaf that when Jesus talks, we heard about instructions this morning, what if he gives you a weird instruction? Well, having a trumpet blow in the sky is kind of a weird instruction, wouldn't you say so? We don't know really what it will look like when the trumpet sounds and we're caught up, but hopefully we'll have the ear to hear Amen. How do we know anything about anything? By faith. Yeah, and by the grace of God. So it is important when we come to church to hear and to learn and to grow and to have our ears tuned to the things of the Spirit and to the Word of God. He's never going to do anything outside of His Word. Never. Never. He's not going to make you behave like an animal. Amen? Amen? He's put all things under his foot, and so should we have things down there. And if things that are under your foot are talking, step on them a little harder. <laughs> Amen? Perhaps you should stick on its head where its mouth is. There's times you have to silence the enemy, but I'm not going to spend all of my days talking about the enemy. 
Is the enemy real? Absolutely. Is the devil real? Yes. But I, I, I've said this many times lately for a very important reason, because the way that Hollywood has sown and in some churches have sown like the devil's so big, you know, you'll just barely get by all the devil's tactics and one day you'll wake up and it'll be okay. And the devil is a fallen angel, not the same class of being. We're not going to be angels. We're not angels. We're not going to die and become an angel. Oh, my. Come on, people. We're not going to die and become angels. That's crazy. Good morning. Get that junk out of your head. There's no chapter and verse. Oh, good. We're going to get to heaven. We're going to be angels. No. Angels weren't created in his image. I was. How about you? And you may look in the mirror and think, well, maybe, but <laughs> I do love you. You're not an angel. You never will be. All these people go, you know, they're all, oh, and you know, now they've got angel wings. Nope. It's crazy. Why would you become some other thing? Absolutely. The angels were made lower, and partly it's just my favorite, unfavorite word, disinformation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> you know, how come we have to have so much fancy talk for sin? I'm not here to make you feel better. I'm here to tell you the truth. <laughs> Amen. It will every single time. I don't know where I was going here. Praise the Lord. I was having fun. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Our expectation. <laughs> we were just having so much. I want to have fun. Don't you? Don't you want to walk in the joy of the Lord? And then that way the bits, you know, I always found this. If you're laughing, it's easier to get a knife in between your ribs and cut out the bit. Because <laughs> you're going up and down like this. It's easier to slide the knife in. We'll cut out the bits that you don't need. It's very good. Keep laughing. We'll stick the knife in, prod around. God will do some surgery. You'll be bitter in the morning. Turn with me. <laughs> we need to know why. See, praise the Lord pretty soon. You know, I, I told you this before. You know, you can get yourself ready. We'll be, see, I tried to be steady. Matthew chapter 10. I talked to you about the purposes of Jesus because it's important to know why he came, what he did. And to help you answer some questions so that when crazy people come up to you and say something nutty, You'll do what Jesus did. He did not always ask, answer them directly, but had an, he would ask them something that would silence them. Don't you want to be that kind of person? What about this? And they're like, oh, I have to be friends with a donkey before I ride him? Hmm. So I met this uh, minister. He was a very wonderful, he started Destiny uh, Publishing years ago. And he tells the story of how he would meet with his friends. There was four of them, and they were all gone to Bible school together. And they'd meet in the morning for coffee, and they'd pray about stuff, and they'd go out and do nothing. And this had gone on for some years, and, and how they'd meet. They'd talk about changing the world, and they'd have these great, uh, you know, prayer. And then before they left, after they had their coffees together in the morning, you know, they'd go to their, you know, little jobs and... And they all had sort of minor kind of jobs just to pay the bills. And they basically did nothing to change anything. And they talk about that, like big vision, talk vision, talk, 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 talk. And never did anything with it. Never ever put out what they talked about that they believed was God and his great vision, blah, blah, blah. 
never had it. And one day, when they're praying, and he, he would happen to be quiet at that moment, the fellow's name is John Mason. You can find him on, on Google him and stuff. John Mason, not hard to find, like the Mason jar, spelled the same way. Only he doesn't keep things in jars anymore. Not his dreams, not his visions, any of those things, because he did them. God said, if you don't leave there, you're never going to do nothing. And 40 years later, you're still going to be there. So the first thing he did was not meet with them, freaked them out. No, I'm not coming today. And he did his first thing, and he, he began to pray about what God had put. How do I start? Where do I start? How he started a whole publishing company when he didn't even know anybody. And so he begins to pray about it. God, da, 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 And he began to put money aside to start this company. And ideas came to him. And, and more ideas, and more ideas, and more ideas. And the next thing, he landed the book that took off that publishing thing was Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And he didn't even know Benny Hinn when he began. God said, sell the business. And he was like, he said, I put you there to fund the gospel. And he sent many people around the world through the business adventures that God put in his hand. I'm blessed to, to be in him and have him pray for me a few different times. But I'd never seen anybody who walked in the joy of the Lord like that guy. Man, everywhere he went. Well, I mean, I, I smile and laugh and joy, have joy. I'd never seen anything like, he's got a lineup like this. He says, oh, come on, you people are depressed. I'm going to pray for you today. They're just standing there, several people, and they're crying, and, and it was a boo-hoo, and, you know, and I mean, it happens, and I understand. I've, I've been hurt before, so, and they're, and he walks up. I'm like, this is my first time I have seen him minister like that. I'd heard him and had his business classes and stuff, and he walks up in this group. There's five or six of them there, and they're, you know, t tissues, and, and he goes, he leads back like this and points at him and goes, ha, ha, ha. I'm like horrified. And they went, wham, on the floor. <laughs> I said, leave them alone and come out of them and don't ever come back. And they were delivered. I was like, ooh, well, that's new. <laughs> I've not yet operated in it, but I'm not saying it couldn't ever happen. <laughs> Amen. He understood his authority. He understood how to stay in it. And God blessed him. Expectations. How do you expect to get ministered to? I don't think they expected that. But they did expect to get free. Yeah. It didn't come in the package the way they thought it might. Yeah. Is there a miracle that you've missed? Matthew chapter 10. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father, which is in heaven. Jesus is about to tell you what he does on the earth. Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Think not. Where was this happening? In their heads, their expectation, what they were thinking about, how they thought Jesus uh, should operate, what they thought he should do, that I've come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a word. Hang on. Isn't he the prince of peace? Hang on. What in the world? This is not what I expected peace to look like. Should we all go out and get a gun? Everybody get their gun license this week. <laughs> That'll surely be what he means, or at least learn to use a sword or a knife or something. That's what people thought. They were thinking, like, come on, come on. <laughs> no, don't get a gun. No, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Where was the peace? 
Because you see, people had this idea that surely when Jesus come along, we'll all have world peace. Isn't that what we all want? We just have world peace. You can't make peace with the devil. You can't make peace with lies. Truth always divides, but we are not to be divided. We're divided when we embrace a little lie and a little truth. And when you're divided, you won't accomplish anything. You'll be confused and weird. I want to put this in front of you today. What kind of sword do you think it might have been? That's right. <laughs> Yay, Pastor Neil, he held up the Bible. How do we know that? Revelation chapter 1, it talks about Jesus. I didn't give him that scripture, so it won't flash on. But in Revelation chapter 1, it said there is a sword in his mouth. Hmm? Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, I've got the sword of the Lord. Hmm? It's a rhema. Now, for those Bible school students, that's the acted word or an active word, something that you're actually using that makes sense to you, a miracle that didn't go missing, something that you saw, something that you knew, that you know, that you know, that you know. When you read that, it came alive. It came alive. And you read that and you went, oh, I get it. That's what that means. And that's what Jesus wants for every one of us to open his word and have that word come alive. And then it is a sword. And it's, and it's a good sword. Think about, uh, we often quote, uh, well, at least I do, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. He said, there's a place that divides in our heart. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Mm. Piercing to the dividing asunder of the joints and marrows. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Mm. Why do you need the word in your life? Because it's going to divide and help you. Who wants to get up every morning and say, wow, I'm really aiming at being a failure. I really want to blow it today. I really hope that, you know, with all of my strength, I can embrace lies and no. No, we don't wake up that way. And, and yet, there's a place inside of it that kind of likes a little lie now and then. Oops. And there's this place where we get comfortable with just a little flesh. You see, the word of God's there to help you go, that's your flesh talking. Don't listen. <laughs> it will not lead to a good path. That's right. That is, a, that is a cycle downward. Once you step in and start making excuses for your flesh, it's not good. But it starts easy or simple or reasonable, kind of like it. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. It's been a really hard day. You know, I remember one of the local pastors here he said, he kept saying, it was John Burns. He said, uh, oh, I'm not an alcoholic. And he kept saying, I'm not an alcoholic. You know, I had a rough day, and I just had a little bit in the bottom of the glass. I'm Italian. Yeah, I was Italian. Drink wine every day. It's no big deal. 
And he, and he kept saying it, he kept saying it, he kept saying it. And one day his wife Helen says to him, you know, if it's not a big deal, why don't we just leave it off tonight? And he discovered he was an alcoholic. <laughs> and he gave testimony to the fact that he had to recognize that anything that his flesh liked more than God was a problem. And he wrote a book on fear. And it's very good. I highly encourage you to read it and find it. It's very good. There are little things like that. They start subtly. And in our mind, we justify them. But the only justifying we're supposed to do is like the justification of Jesus, just like you never sin, kind of. Not justifying you did a little bit of sin. Amen? Amen. <laughs> not justifying you sinned, and it's not just a, uh, I did justify my little bit of sin. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. So when we allow the word of God to come in and work in our heart and, and make its way in our heart, it's the sword that we have been given to help us. And yes, swords can cut. But never for a bad reason. You would never think that when a, well, hopefully, the doctor, if he has to do surgery, doesn't make a mess. But um, for the most part, when they're cutting out something bad, they're cutting out something bad. Yeah. And that, that's a right way to use a knife. Now, I happen to, to like knives and good ones. <laughs> and I have several, and I've been blessed with some others that are very, very nice. And when it comes to cutting a fish, if you've ever caught a fish and you have to gut it and you have to fillet it, you know you have to have good knives. And you don't, can't just have a good knife. You have to have some skill. <laughs> this is the problem with the body of Christ. We got knives. And we cut in everything in sight. Our surname is Peter. And there are ears on the floor everywhere. <laughs> You know, we got this right, and so we're going we're gonna to cut you because we got it, and God cut us, and now I'm cutting you. <laughs> That's like bad sushi, man. <laughs> it's that game they used to play some sort of fruit ninja. No. <laughs> we better get back to the word. <laughs> You know, these are the things. We're cutting each other. You know, I was listening to a minister, and it, it, so follow me. It might cut a bit, but we'll get through. Amen. <laughs> and this is the serious part. And he said, you know, the world knows us more by division than by love. And I heard that, and I went, Ugh. And that's the word of God, and it cut me. It did cut me. But God, what can we do? What can I do to hear your voice and, and usher the right words to help people so that they don't live in division? You know, some terrible things happened this week. And I'm like, God, how, how, does, how do things like that happen? And, and you know, I, I'm like, I'm praying for the family and all the junk and don't get obsessed with it. But pray for the family. And, and the Lord said, there's a, there's a verse in 1 John that says, hatred's murder. 
So when it talks about getting out of love, and I've said many times, it's too costly to get out of love. You start getting out of love, you get into fear, and fear is a terrible thing. And an unaddressed fear can open the door for hatred to start to develop. You know, it's one thing to hate the food to mirror, <laughs> seafood. But it's another thing to hate a brother or sister. And we say, why do these things happen? Because hatred was allowed to brew. That's all. And so we've got to be the people who at any cost never let go of love. Never. Love is too important to get angry over. And anger, I understand. I understand. I am a passionate person. I, I have big emotions. You may not realize them. Uh, but <laughs> I, I feel things deeply. And, and I can't change what I can't have faith for. And if I get into hatred, I won't have faith. I'll be killing everybody around me with my words because the word of God is a sword. Amen? We've seen many people who go and they get the word of God in the wrong way. Let's look at John. I want to look at John chapter 17. It's Palm Sunday. We know that Jesus came with purpose and we're, our expectations are what he wants us to change so that we are ready for his return. Amen. We've got to know what is the sword like in our hand? How do we use the sword God's given us? How do we use the word of God correctly? How do we get it flowing without restraint? And a lot of us, and, and it was Dr. Savelle who, really, who recently had said, and he has said this many times, but is repeating it. There was a time when there was a great emphasis on keeping our mouths better and, and making a confession. It's not the confession that changes things, it's your faith. But when you confess things, your ears hear it. And if all you're saying out of your mouth is negativity, that's what your ears hear, and that'll be half the reason why people are depressed. It's not because of what someone else said. It's about what you're saying. It's about what you're repeating. And, and the greatest challenge, I, I was challenged with this like a long, long time ago when our children were smaller and younger and teenagers. I, we had a teenager and a toddler at the same time. There is a grace for that. <laughs> I had to find it. <laughs> and uh, I get in a place and I'm like, I feel stretched. <laughs> I'm not sure I have wisdom for a teenager and wisdom for a three-year-old at the same time. But God helped and, and he, he gave me grace for it. And, but there's a place where he can speak into your heart and help you not hurt them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and we want to come to that. That, that where the word of God comes in and we speak well and speak that we will have the wisdom. And that's where I begin to speak and know those things and, and to hear over my mouth. And, and so I, I took the challenge and I recorded myself while I was preparing things before Barry got home and making dinner and all those things. And what I heard coming out of my mouth, I could have been a longshoreman, my goodness, minus the cussing because I don't cuss. But minus the cussing, I sounded like a longshoreman giving orders. And that was no one's problem but my own. And I was living out and harvesting the words. And let me tell you, it was time for change. <laughs> 
So you, some of you may not be brave enough to record yourself, but it's sometimes worth it. <laughs> Where do we find? Let's get to something nice. John chapter 17. <laughs> we'll keep laughing. It'll help. <laughs> laughing up and down, ribs go up and down, knife goes in easy. Amen. John chapter 17. <clears throat> These words spoke Jesus, who was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. These words spoke Jesus. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's, yep, the word made flesh. Mm -hmm. Lifted up his eyes to heaven. So Jesus is talking. <laughs> Not that he didn't talk in all of it, but there you go. We like to, we like to have the red parts. Father, the hour has come. I'm so sorry that I had to come among these terrible people. They've been such a burden to me. Every one of them complains. I don't know how I'm going to get through. Can I just whip them all now and use the sword you've given me? <laughs> I didn't find that in my Bible. Uh, it said, glorify your son, that the son may also glorify you. So for all of you who think, I'm in this terrible situation. I cannot see my way out. But all you're doing is talking about everything the devil did. I'm not saying he doesn't do. He does stuff. But do stuff that irritates him and enjoy it. You know, be happy. He hates that. Worship God. He hates that more. Right? And for all of you who go, well, one day I'll sing out loud. You know what? Sit, get the words at least loud enough for your own ears. There's such a resistance. Hmm. Byline. <laughs> There's such a resistance to worshiping God with your own mouth. I don't like the song. I don't like this. Record yourself. <laughs> God needs to hear, you know, and your, your heart needs to hear your mouth give glory to God, regardless of the situation. And it doesn't, it's not about your song and your preference. We're not singing to you. Amen? We like God, I talk about it. I'm happy. Why am I happy? Why am I joyful? I'm, ha I'm both. I'm happy and I'm joyful. Oh, you know, this whole thing came out a while ago, and I've talked about it before, but I'm saying it again because some people have a hard time hearing it. It's a miracle that gets missed. Well, you know, you want to be joyful. Always the people who sucked lemons before say that. <laughs> you want to be joyful, sister. Well, come on. That's not like, I don't know what that is, but it isn't what I'm feeling. <laughs> be happy, too. It's all right. You know that we have to say those things is sometimes troubling. <laughs> Verse 2, as you've given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you've given him. This is not go down to the pool and drink of the special water, that, you know, and people go, oh, you know that there's people who still do that? They're looking for the eternal, like, like water. They're looking for, I know. There's people who still try to study and find that. I'm looking for like that. I'm going to go into South America and I'm going to be I'm going on this kind of thing and we're going to find that eternal. I found it. <laughs> and by the way, the, even if you're dead in sins, you're still eternal. You're just going to be eternally in hell instead of heaven. You're already an eternal being. Your flesh won't last forever, but your spirit man will. Be a good decision to spend it in heaven. What wise people do, 101. Uh, verse 3, this is life eternal, that you might know him. 
Not know about him, not talk about him, not what your neighbor knows. Not the great revelation I heard at church on Sunday. Or last one, or this minister online. Uh, yeah, or pray for you. Praise God for praying grandmas, because some of us wouldn't be alive without them. That they might know thee, the only true God. He's the only one. Load your guns. <laughs> the right ones. <laughs> some people think we're having a war on Sunday. They're going to go out and pastor said we can shoot people. <laughs> Not like that. Uh, although we we used to talk about, you know, we did some drive-by shooting, and but it was it was like I, I was driving by a home, and every time I went down the street to pick up this person, I'd go by this house, and I'm like, no, shaka! I once I got out of the car, and I'm like, I had a war there, and and you know, and most of the time I just drove by and said, I bind that devil in there, that witchcraft got about it. Later on, I found out that person got saved, and who was in there, and they had a drug thing, and then a whole big thing going down. And, and it went to another church, but they said, oh, you know, and they were in this house, and they were doing da, da, this and that, and had all kinds of people underneath them. It's fun to follow God. Amen. You know, you may not always find, and, and God's gracious that you, you know, sometimes you get a testimony of what you've been doing, but lots of times we just go, and then we use that for another time. I remember God's asked me to do something unusual, Pastor Ann, and it was a different thing, and, and like, the grace of God, you actually found out that that strange thing had a good result, but sometimes you don't. And you trust God for the rest. Was it God? It felt like God. I'm, I felt is a bad word, but you understand. I'll try to slow down steady because I'm excited about this next part. Verse 4. I have glorified thee on the earth. Who's talking? Hmm. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. He finished the work. He finished it. Why are we trying to finish it for him? Wait a minute. We got to go back and we're going to have to do this again. No. His part's finished, us accepting it and having it activate in our life. We can't just talk about the finished work. It's time for us to live the finished work. We've got to live it. We've got to live it. We've got to live it. Amen? In John 6, it says, It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words, it's a rhema in there again. I speak to you. So an active word, the word that Jesus speaks to you and to me, they are spirit and they are life. This is why we've got to get our mouths right. Because he's done a finished work. And it's time to get our mouth working right. To get the active word coming out of our mouth. The problem is there's lots of things that have crept in here. And, and here comes the knife. Be wary. Start laughing. Be joyful. Get your ribs moving so it goes in easy. But you cannot walk in what you mock. Cannot. Well, the name of Jesus will work for me. It has not been working for me. Why is it not working? Why is the name of Jesus that is the most powerful name that was ever given? Why isn't it working? Because somewhere in your life you are mocking it. And we have become a generation that remember I told you it's sneaky and it slides in and it's 
you know, the devil's sneaky. I have watched this happen throughout the world, like Christian circles, world circles. Do you know what OMG stands for? Not good. That's what it stands for. It stands for sin. Hmm. For those of you who don't know, keep breathing. Then repent. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. If you want the name of Jesus to have its full power in your life so that when you call on it, it is doing the finished work in your heart, in your family, in those around you, it's time to stop mocking it. When I was six or seven years old, I can't remember which, but young, we had some new neighbors, and they were often, oh, God, oh, my God, even back then. So that was a few years ago, more than 50. So it's not anything new. Where it is new is how it slid into the body of Christ and become normal. And of any move and time when we should be walking in his power, moving with his presence deep, where, we, where he's called us to deep, and we don't have his name in the power of the way that that should. And we've mocked it. We've mocked it. We put it in little, you know, things and texts and blah, 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 memes, the whole nine yards. So I came home after hearing my neighbor, six or seven years old. I came in the house. And mom was home. And I said, you know, she said something. I went, oh, my God. And I got to taste ivory soap. I didn't do it again. Ivory bar soap is nasty. <laughs> and, and it came with a, the horror look. Oh! And I got a chapter and verse, the ivory, a little time in my room to think about it. <laughs> and you're getting off easy this morning with, I just have to repent, and I can do that in three seconds, and I can be free. <laughs> and I'm not handing out bars of ivory at the end of the church. So <laughs> and some of you are going, oh, man, I remember. Some of you never had that. Some of you should. You cannot walk in what you mock. You can't. And it's time. The people are concerned with, with uh, speaking right out of their mouth. Do I have to do that? That's what Dr. Savell said. The lady came to me. Are we back to that? Having to speak right? She goes, whatever made you stop? You know? And we're living it. Do I have to watch what I say? No, but he is. So maybe you want to. He hears everything. And more than that, you know, uh, let, me, let me expose another lie here. The devil cannot read your thoughts. He's not God. What's he doing in your head? Well, you obviously let him in. How did you let him in? By repeating what he said so your ears could hear it. That's how it gets in. When you repeat the devil's words, your ears hear it. What goes in your ears gets in your head. He cannot read your thoughts. God can which is scary for some of you this morning, apparently. But if it's scaring you, 
What do you need to do? Repent. Three seconds, you're done. Amen. <laughs> God, I'm really sorry. Amen. He forgives me. Yes, I receive it. Amen. See? Not long. Just turn it around. We want to be people strong and a people mighty who can call on his name in any situation and have the everything that, that he paid for in his name. You see, that's what his name's got. His name's got the whole entire package, the finished work. And when we say his name, the finished work is activated. And boom. And some people say, how do you cast out devils? Well, that'll be one way. It's not going to come out if your mouth is mixed. God wants us to be and to live these things. Because he is returning soon. I don't want to miss miracles. I don't want to miss his slight. You know, as we go on, there's sometimes little ways, little things. You know, I had a situation, a family situation this week. And, uh, and God said, it's going to be okay. And so I just like, okay. It never got in my heart. It could have. You know, when you get that call and someone's off to emerge, you know, it can be kind of like, mm -hmm. didn't bug me. Why? I, before everything got really panicky and weird, I thought, no, okay, I just, I just need a minute. I come into your presence, Jesus, Jesus, what do you have to say about it? What do you have to say? I know what I'm thinking. Everybody does. Everybody does. It's like, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to go to the hospital. I'm like, okay. All right. And it was fine. And everything was fine. Everything was fine. Just like he said. I share that testimony not to say, oh, isn't Pastor Gwen good? No. God is good. Amen. God is good. I share it because testimonies are a way to build your faith. I'm not, I'm not special. Well, I am, but so are you. In that way. You know what I mean. To encourage you that he'll do this for you. All you had to do was stop and ask. That's all you had to do. That's all we ever have to do. It's not complicated. It's simple. It's easy. But I think a lot. And so sometimes I complicate things. I'm like... How is your spirit going to move today? It's Sunday. Oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know. Well, we'll start out. We'll go this way, and we'll see what happens. Did we plan to have the, like this, like, like just the glory and the presence just moved, right? like after offering, after offering, when we were passing baskets around, and the presence of God filled the room in a tangible, real, manifested way? Yes, because we planned that. <laughs> It's a finished work, and he longs to have that finished work manifest in every one of us, every single one of us, for the word of God, for when we say the word Jesus. Oh, it's not just a word. It's the name that's above every name, that we're loosing the power of heaven, that it's coming into the earth, its strength, in might, doing what it's been called and anointed and appointed to accomplish. To accomplish. Yes, he has a plan. We don't always know the particulars. And frankly, we often have the wrong expectation of it. But when he sends us on assignment, we can be assured it will work 
if we will just do what he says. He has put me here for a reason. Do you think in all of the places that I have been in the world that I would choose Surrey on myself <laughs> and not Hawaii? <laughs> there are some places I wouldn't choose. But <laughs> <clears throat> Lots of us here today did not choose Surrey, but something brought us together. Something called us here. Do you think it's just so we can laugh together? <laughs> That's the bonus. But think now. Now. All right. Expectations. Oh, how beautiful it is when the brethren come together in the spirit of unity. You, you know why I say it that way, right? Because <laughs> everybody get all hung up on the unity thing, and it's going to be like oil that ran down his beard. I don't want oil running down my beard, just saying. But <laughs> I don't want a beard. <laughs> and I do my best to deal with it. But, you know. <laughs> we have weird ideas. We think some things. Bless the Lord. He's like, he's trying to help us. Have a right expectation. What's it like when we're together? You know, when, when the Holy Spirit was moving in our presence, when we're singing and we all felt good. Didn't we feel good? Okay. That's him. That's him. And he wants you to be able to access that at home. Although, you know, we like it when we come together too. See how precious it is when the body comes together. And maybe you go home and do feel a little oily because you sweated when you were dancing or something like that. But that's a different situation. <laughs> but there is a great joy of being together. And that's really what he was talking about. You know, no one's going, oh, did I have the right shirt on? Sometimes I think that. You know, the right shoes or the right this. You, you'll notice, like, if you look around, no one, we all have something different going on. We didn't have that. You know, I thought when I was growing up, because every time I saw evangelists, they had a certain hairstyle. And I thought, oh, I couldn't. And <laughs> so, a little sidebar. We talk about Jesus some more. Because I grew up in the Salvation Army, everything was very ordered. So, as I, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and then I began to see things, I thought it all looked like that. And I think, I can't be a preacher. I don't got the right hair. <laughs> you know. And, and I don't have the right, the, the right family. They all come out of these great families. I find out later that ain't the case either. Mm -hmm. I read stories about people who went before me, and they all came out of weird situations. And some of them have been married more than once. And God used them. All of the excuses I ever gave God for not obeying were dealt with one right after another. I tried lining him up. I'm a woman. Well, he got that. He knew when he called me. I'm kind of out there. He knew that too. He knew that somehow in Surrey they needed some sort of lady who would just kind of mm, and dare enough to not be moved when crazy things happen. When we have people who come alongside and try to encourage you with, don't you know Surrey's the kiss of death to pastors? 
and he was a guy I liked <laughs> and a helpful pastor who'd been mentoring me. <laughs> Are you sure you want to be there? <laughs> That's where God said. I don't want to be where he didn't say. And look, I would never have got to know you all, and vice versa. God plants us. He sets us. Your excuses aren't working with him. You know, we don't always like each other. Did I say that? I did say that. We don't always like each other, but we've got to love each other. And if we can't walk undivided, we can't expect anybody else to. You know, prayer will change that. <laughs> and I love, I love John 17. It was planted in my heart so many years ago when we were starting the church. And, and you often find it on our letterhead. This is life eternal, knowing God. It's been the cry of my heart, not just for me, but for others that you would know him because that's really what life eternal is about. Let's not be people who just quote him. Amen. Amen. And remember this this morning. Remember this. You cannot walk in what you mock. If you're wanting a greater strength and that greater releasing of what he did at the cross to be active in your life, it's time to turn. Say, God, I'm not having that anymore. Some of you might say, I'm sorry, I didn't know. That's okay, you know now. And it may not be the mocking of his name. There could be other places you've mocked him. And, and this is why so many people in the world are so sad and they, you know, they, they don't like God or they get mad or, you know, if God's a loving God, why did he do this and why did he do this? Well, he put the world in our hands and we haven't done a very good job. but we can do better. His finished work is going to manifest through me. How about you? It just takes a decision. Am I perfected yet? But I'm on the road. Aren't you? Imagine. I want you to think different after today. Get to know the miracle you may have missed. What God's put in front of you. Some of you are very good at speaking and talking to others. Some of you are very good at writing things down. Some of you are great at organizing things. God gave you those things. And they're wonderful in his hand. Just get them out of your hand and put them to use for the kingdom. And I think we'll have a good time. I think it'll be fun. And the joy of the Lord will rise up within you. You won't have to look for it. It'll just bubble up. And you don't have to be Pastor Gwen. Just be you. And be happy you. And a blessed you. And a joy-filled you. And I tell you what, you all feel better when you say yes. You know? Amen. God is so very good. He's so very good. He's so very good. He is coming back soon. He's coming back soon. Will you be open to having him adjust what that's going to look like? Will you be expecting his voice? Oh. 
Some of you don't know his voice very well. That can change. That can change. You see, when you allow the word to come in, it'll divide off the voice of flesh. It'll divide off the voices of the world. It'll divide off the enemy's voice. Because those are the three voices that need to come away from you. You'll never miss the trumpet call in his voice when you know his voice better than any other. That's what he longs to stir in every one of us. I think, in all, that's the sound. That's the sound of people turning their hearts to him. When they know his voice and they're saying yes. Sometimes it's quiet on the inside. Not, you're not looking for the voice that comes out of the megaphone. But that voice on the inside that says this way. Walk here. Come on. This way. Walk here. This way. Walk here. And it's inside. It's inside. And your heart will know. And that's where his peace will be. Not out there. In here. If you'll today just say, Jesus, I want to know your voice more than any other. More than any other. Hallelujah. Let us be adjusted in our expectations of what's coming. That we do what you've called us to do until we hear your voice call us home. Yes, some people may be called home soon around you, around you. But trust the Lord to tell you. Just ask him. Just ask him in those times. Before you move, before you say another word. When you've heard that the Lord has called someone you love dearly home. Take a moment with him. Ask him for his help. He longs to help the body here and not get distracted. There's things to do and you'll see each other again. That is a promise. That's the promise. That's the promise. Holy Spirit, I thank you that we will hear that voice coming like the trumpet in the air. That you're preparing this body. Oh, you're preparing us, oh God. You're preparing us, Ikiprana. Oh, you're preparing us for the return soon. I thank you for your word coming in and helping us to see what you've called us to see. The things that you long to show us. The miracles that are in front of us.
I thank you his voice is clear. Yes, he's coming. He's coming soon. He's coming. But don't worry about the time on the clock. Don't worry about the time on the clock. Be about your father's business now. Be about your father's business. There are places and peoples that he'll bring in and you'll know this is the one, this is the one, and you need to, it, some will seem very desperate. They'll, they'll be desperate. Like they will be going home soon and you will come in and you will have that last word with them. And 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 they they don't know him. They don't know him. Oh, they don't know him. But you'll be placed there for that moment. Oh, but be, be 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 quick. Be quick. Sometimes you have to be very quick. You have to be quick. But he's with you, and he'll walk you through. He'll show you. Some of them, you'll have more time. You'll have more time. But I see, I see, the going out of many and the coming back for, and the going out and then the coming back for, for times when we gather and we get strengthened again, and then we go out again and we come back, and we are strengthened, and God fills us and strengthens us again and again and again and we go out in his, under his hand, under his mighty hand for the miracles that he promised you will see the time of miracles some people some of them thought it would only happen through certain individuals but it will happen to every individual who says yes the miracles will happen through every hand that says yes, every foot that says obedience to the go the miracles have been loosed. The miracles are loosed. Some of the miracles come through words where, where they've had a difficult situation and you didn't even know what to say, but you said it. But you said it. And that, that changed it. And you didn't even know it was coming. You didn't know it was coming, but you said it. Yes, yes, yes. Put your hands on your ears. Or one ear or two. I thank you right now. Your anointing on the ears to hear your voice is increasing. I thank you, Lord, that the things of this world that try to clog the ears are being removed. Father, I just thank you for your anointing of hearing coming. Some of you even have hearing troubles. God is healing that as well in the natural and spiritually. If you're at home, this is the same thing. The Holy Spirit's there. He's helping you. Holy Spirit, I thank you now. You are healing uh, where hearing has been deaf to your word. Deaf to your word. Ears open now in Jesus' name. Now you thank him for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. 
You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at